This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Good everyone, Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast. And what we're talking about the coach, my pal, the man with the plan, the guy who's upset. Actually, I don't know if he's upset, but he's kind of in this <laughs> mystical, weird place right now. I don't know. You look at this guy, you just look at his face, you're like, hmm, I think I want this guy on the team. Actually, I don't know if I want this guy on the team. I think I do want this guy on the team. I don't know if I really want this guy on the team. And I'm talking about Ben Simmons because you know who's you know who <laughs> loves Ben Simmons? My guy, the one and only, uh, the one with the spectacles right here, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, John Malika. My guy, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, man. I am, you know, Labor Day just, you know, came and gone. I had a little cousin's wedding, uh, took care Ooh. of some uh, some Staten Island flooding issues. Um, and now we got football season, dude. College football is so back. NFL season is back. And NBA is sneakily back, man. It is sneakily coming back here. We we got the Ben Simmons drama, like you said. I mean, I I personally like Ben Simmons. I don't know if he's fit for the Knicks. I mean, we got our point guards right now. I don't know if you can necessarily fit him in, but dude, yeah. I mean, I, there's the NBA and the NFL really found a way to capitalize on their off season. Like right now in the NBA, there's literally nothing going on. Yeah, we're talking about Ben Simmons. We're talking about Paul Pierce. We're talking about, you know, random, you know, Damian Lillard. Like, there's always some drama. So for the NBA fans and for Knicks fans specifically, there's always something going on in the offseason, quote unquote, offseason. There always is going on something in the offseason, whether it's Ben Simmons, the Paul Pierce Sports Illustrated article. We're going to touch on those two later today, John, because those two topics really do deserve their own segment. So there's not a lot going on in Knicks news right now. It's pretty quiet, which in all honesty, one, that's a really good thing. <laughs> Two, that's very, very strange. All right. I just don't. I, it is. A little Jamaican accent coming out. On there. Yeah, man. You know, what it is. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Uh, had some Jamaican food today. So it's just sitting in there. Um, but it's it's just weird, man. I honestly don't know how. It's so nice and it's so weird that there's not a lot of controversy surrounding the New York Knicks, Madison Square Garden, or even James Dolan. It's just quiet, like absolutely quiet. The fact that we can hear a pin drop during these during the dog days of the NBA offseason speaks volumes to this front office and this team, and I'm only happy about it. But we still got to talk about the New York Knickerbockers. We still got to get into some topics because the season is quickly approaching, man. I know we're in September. It's September 7th. Before you know it, October 5th is here. We got preseason games. And then we're just like, whoa, we're back in the full swing of things. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, dude, it is so crazy to think that's about a month away. We're back into NBA gear all over again with our beloved New York Jets and with some, hopefully, New York Yankees playoff baseball that we can enjoy. And if that's the case, October is going to be wild for us. You know what it is. You I'm already gonna, know what it is. I'm going to need heart medication for sure. You're going to need heart medication. We got to have ambulance on call just <laughs> like – Right there. It's it's going to be interesting. Totally interesting. Who knows? Maybe we'll get Greg to just drive down and take it to the hospital just in case. We'll, we'll see what Who happens. Knows? Who knows? But, John, what's the topic for today that we got for the New York Knicks? Because I'm just burying the lead at this point. We're going to go through way too early season prediction awards. We're going to go down the line, you know. Of just the Knicks. Not of the just NBA. the Knicks. 
just the Knicks. We're not talking NBA, so we're going to discuss rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, most improved, sleeper, bust, most valuable player, so forth. And, you know, we'll discuss coach of the year as well, even though we're not talking, we're not going to debate the coaches on the team. Cause I think that's just, that's just such a hard thing to scale, but we'll, we'll talk about if Tom Thibodeau could repeat, which is a very difficult thing to do in the NBA, but we'll, we'll get into it. Um, so that's where we're going at with today. So let's just hop right into it. So let's actually start off with Tom Thibodeau. Cause I feel like that can be a little bit more nuanced than anything else with coach of the year. So Coach of the year, Tom Thibodeau won coach of the year for the 2020, 2021 NBA season. It was between him and Monty Williams, uh, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns and Tom Thibodeau ultimately won. Why? Because he took essentially a dog shit team that was supposed to come into the season projected to win 22 some odd games. And they exceeded expectations, winning 41 games, four seed home court advantage, most improved Tell him. Uh, Tell you him know, two, second team All NBA Julius Randle. We had the we had the works, man. Wed in three point percentage, top five defensive net defensive rating team. What else do you want? He 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 changed this team around. So I, I don't I want I won't say easily, but he just changed this team around. We exceeded so many expectations. So the question is, and it's a very ta- difficult task to do. Can Tom Thibodeau repeat a coach of the year? performance not even necessarily winning the award but can he repeat the performance can he exceed the expectations or as it because we already discussed this when Luito McComb was on here you said the Knicks kind of plateaued right mm-hmm. so do you think he could do it or, or is it just a plateau at this point I'll go with you first well I, I think it's an interesting question right because you're not asking whether or not he's going to win the award because I think that's a pretty obvious no I don't think he's going to actually win the award. But if you're asking from a performance standpoint, will he repeat the coach of the year? Um, What's the word? It's not really the record, right? Because the record doesn't matter. It's really the culture. Like, is he going to maintain that culture? Is he going to maintain that feel? Is he going to maintain the grittiness, honestly, that the Knicks showed? I know that's an overused word, but that's really the only way you can really describe last year's New York Knicks. And, from that standpoint, I really do think that he could kind of repeat last year, right? And even though they plateaued because they were the fourth seed in that aspect, like that nine-game winning streak, I don't think another nine-game winning streak is coming. But I don't think we're going to have any skids like we did last year either. And I think we're going to be more balanced. And, you know, we're growing. It's the second year of the system. You know, naturally, the team is going to develop into the system Players like Obi Toppin are going to develop into NBA basketball players and quickly going to develop into basketball players. You know, that's going to assist Thibodeau in, you know, re revamping the magic, let's call it, how, you know, however you want to really categorize it. So in that aspect, you know what? I do see him repeating. The plateau comment is really just he really squeezed a lot out of his players last year. Like, think about Noel. Like, I'm at those games watching Noel looking like the bionic man, you know, on the sideline, <laughs> like, you know, taping his, you know, all of his extremities and, like, playing with a medicine ball. You know, Mitch, Mitch Robinson going through his injuries. Julius Randle having an absolutely ridiculous season. You know, the second coming of Derrick Rose. Like, a lot of things came together pretty perfectly. You know what I mean? And so that's what I mean by plateau. Like, I don't expect those things to happen. However, I do think that Thibodeau will be able to spread kind of, let's call it Thibodeau's, you know, Tibbs' secret stuff. I think he's going to be able to spread that magic kind of all over, you know, the roster. And players will be gradually better. 
you know? Burks had his ups and downs, for example, throughout the season. I'm hoping he's more balanced this year. You know what I mean? I don't need crazy fourth quarters and then you go, like, four for 19 next game. Just, like, even it out a little bit. It's You know, like, so that's what I'm really hoping for, that we're more of established and we're not a surprise. We got a bunch of primetime games, man. He's going to have to show up. For sure, for sure. And I and I agree with you, man. Like, I'm not expecting it's very it's very difficult for a coach to win coach of the year twice. I'm pretty I actually think Hubie Brown did it for the Memphis Grizzlies in the 0304. And I think uh Is that I think Zebo? he did was it, was I think it was with Zebo. Yeah. No, wait. 0304? No, 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 no. No, no. That was before Zebo went to Memphis because mm. he was uh before he that was before he came to Because where was Zebo originally? Was Zebo on? He's on the Knicks, bro. I know he was on the Knicks. Where was he before before the Knicks, though? Where was he before the Knicks? Was he with? Forget what team he was with. He was uh, with Portland at one point. He was was on a lot of teams, honestly. Yeah. So he wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't when he was with Zebo. But Hubie Brown was, I think, one of the only coaches to do like a back to back for NBA coach of the like NBA coach of the year. So and keep keep in mind the NBA coach of the year award has been around since 1962, 1963. So the fact that from then there's only been one player, one coach to really do it twice. Yes, Hubie Brown did it for 2003 and 2004. Only That's guy right. to re, only guy to win it two years in a row. Um so with that with that in mind, uh I'm sorry, this is actually pretty confusing. Did they give a co-coach of the year with Hubie Brown and Greg Popovich? That is weird. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure. Possibly. It looks like that's what happened in 2003 because they – I don't know what's going on. We'll get through ESPN. That's pretty strange. But, yeah, from 1963, only, two, only one guy has done it twice, and that's back-to-back. That's Hubie Brown. So, for the award, Tom Thibodeau's not going to do it. But I think he can – I agree with you. I think he can exceed expectations and be that type of coach of the year – like for the team and really just get, take them to another level, especially with the talent that we have on this team. Thinking about Kemba Walker and the Evan Fournier edition, having the same second unit that was on fire and one of the best second units in the NBA last season. I think he can do it. And especially having continuity with this roster where the playbook is already set in stone, right? They're coming back and there's nothing. They, they have the foundation. Mostly we're talking about out of the 10, out of the 10, out of the 10 rotational guys at Tibbs will use. Two of the guys have not been on the team. So eight of those guys already know what it's all about, right? I don't see how you can't then add even more, add more complexity, add more nuance to the to the to the game strategy. And I think that he could take it to another level. I think the difficulty though will be can he will he will the Knicks not necessarily exceed expectations in a win total and a ranking? Because I think the East has gotten better. I think that's even going to be difficult to ask for them to repeat a fourth to get a fourth seed again. Mm-hmm. But I think that he will squeeze enough out of them to make them compete at a high level. We're going to see a better offensive efficiency because we were 27th, 26-27th in the NBA last season and just points per game, like how much we scored. Mm-hmm. So I, if we can tick that up while still keeping defensive intensity. That's the whole I, thing. That's yeah. the, that, that's the biggest question, man. Because it, I mean, especially on the surface, like we downgraded right defense Bullock to Fournier, yeah, and I guess really a point guard too, right? Like, you know, EP for Kemba. I mean, that's technically a downgrade on defense, right? Yep. So that's that's what that's what's tough to you know kind of get over, but I'm hoping that we're able to kind of compensate with. Really fixing the pace, 
Like that's what Kemba Walker's for to fix the pace. And we were, you know, ranked bottom in the league in that. So I'm hoping that we can kind of, you know, maneuver ourselves to move, kind of change the game. You know what I mean? Because we were so slow and we really suffered in the half court. And I, and I, and I, the really, the thing I don't have confidence in, Alex, is I think that Thibodeau has a hard time developing an offensive scheme. And that's really what's going to set it apart. If he ever actually develops an offensive scheme, it'll be fantastic. But he's mostly like, hey, just feel, you know, figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so if it's a, hey, figure it out, then we're going to have to improve pace because we're going to have to get transition baskets. We're, we, if it's just the, you know, it's just math. You know what I mean? If, we're, if we don't have a system and we're running in the half court because our pace is low, we're going to have tough times. Take the under. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> he, said, he said take the under. <laughs> Look at this guy already. Or are you thinking about the gambling? And to just to clarify for everybody, the New York Knicks did place 26 out of 30 teams in the NBA last season with averaging 107 points per game. League leader was the Milwaukee Bucks with 120.1 points per game. So it's quite a – just to get to the middle of the pack where the Memphis Grizzlies were, the Knicks would essentially have to average 113.3 points per game in order to get up there. If Tibbs can do that and, and then some – I think we, we're talking about something special, especially if we can stay as a top. We don't even need to be top five. We just need to be a top 10 defense. Honestly, if you're a top 10 defense and around an average scoring offensive team, that's pretty, that's a pretty potent team right there. Like you don't need to be elite at, at all sides in order to win. Um, but yeah, man. And the Eastern conference is deep. And so you're going to have to play defense. And so that's the one thing I'm confident in. For sure. We're, we know we're going to play defense and no, that travels. Our defense travels. Our defense travels. It's stout. Uh, we got the rim protection. You know, Julius Randle today, one of the best defenders. Um, shout out! Shout out to uh, I saw this on Twitter. Who was uh, pulling it up right now? And they noted that Julius Randle was one of the top defensive players in the NBA this past season. Yes, here it is. According to Basketball News, per Instat, these these players held opponents to the lowest field goal percentage on isolation last season. Minimum 50 shots uh, that they faced. You had Rashawn Holmes, who won with 27.3. That was the average 27.3 field goal percentage of his opponent's shooting. Kyle Anderson, 28.1%. Julius Randle, third, 28.4%. Justin Holiday, 28.8%. Draymond Green, 29%. So Julius Randle is a good defender. He. I'm curious Shea wasn't on there. Who? Oh, yeah. Shea Alexander, especially on the um, on the ISOs. I think That's interesting. I, th- I think for ISOs, for him, he missed so much time that it wasn't. You know what I mean? Because the, the the Thunder were were outright tanking. It was like, hey guys, we're <laughs> we're tanking. We know we're not supposed to tank, but we're going to tank. All right, we're going to win some games, but we're <laughs> but we're tanking. Just 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 wanted to throw that out there. Um, yeah, that's why I don't think Shea, Shea uh, got included in this list, but. I think that I think that wraps up wraps it up for Tom Thibodeau of Coach of the Year. I think you and I, if I had to give an answer, I would probably say, could he exceed expectations? I'm gonna say, you said you think yes, right? You think he can? Is that is that what, I, is I think, that what you're I think, standing? I think he, I think he could bring it back. You know, I mean, he could run it back because that's what the Knicks okay. are doing. We're running it back, and I think we're gonna run it back. Like it just depends, man. It just depends, in my opinion, if if our pace could make up for. Our lack of defense, really. We're gonna have to get those transition points. We're gonna have to score more on offense, make up for you know the little bit of lack on you know digression on defense. I expect, but you know, hopefully, 
we just continue to play defense, plug and play kind of, you know, kind of deal where you just take away Bullock, you put in Fournier, call it a day. Bullock's not this like, you know, he's not Tony Allen out here. He's, he's, you know, <laughs> like, you know. No, he is not. He is yeah. nowhere near. He's nowhere near close to Tony Allen. But I, I hear you. I'm going to say no, just because I think the expectation is very high. I think there's a high expectation to think of that. So I'm going to go on the no side, and I, I, like I, I lean with your sentiments. I'm just going. I'm just going to give a sure. outright no. I think the team will be good. I think it'll be better than last season. But I think it's for for Tibbs. Just going to give him a no. All right. So now let's go into the fun stuff. Let's talk about the players, man. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the players. Let's talk about rookie of the year, man. We got, as of right now, you know, we drafted four rookies. We got Rokas Djokovitis, who's not playing. So he's obviously out. He is not, he can't obviously win unless we're somehow considering international play. And we're not doing that here. We don't got time to watch international games. All right. We're very busy people, but we, got, we, we hope the best for Rokas. Uh, but we know the guys who we saw in Summer League who really stood out, which is Quentin Grimes, Miles Deuce McBride, and Jericho Sims. We also have Luca Vildoza. He didn't get to play. This would, this would be like his rookie season, too, if he actually makes the team. Um, he, didn't show out too, he didn't show out in Summer League. He did not show out in Summer yeah. League. Uh, wasn't too impressed. He also got injured, injured his ankle. I'm pretty sure you said it that you heard that you said we're going to hear about an injury during summer league, and you were right. We got the summer league. Injury. Well, I mean, like, he played he played an un, uh, unbelievable amount of games. He went from league down to the Olympics, down to down to the summer league, like absolutely ridiculous. Like he was yeah, obviously winded, and he was going to call an injury. Like obviously he's hurt. Like it's clear. So I I I, I don't even I honestly don't even think he's going to make the team, and I'm not going to be they, shocked. If they bring in somebody like Dwayne Bacon, <laughs> he's already on the team. Yeah, but he had so those two are not the official. They're kind of like the last. They're duking out for the last spot. They both. Sure. He's on, Dwayne Bacon's like on an Exhibit Ten contract, so okay. he can. He's part of the practice. Luca Vildoza, he has a contract, mm-hmm. but the first year was guaranteed. Last season was guaranteed for him. This gotcha. upcoming season, not get none of this is all guaranteed. So it's all based on who the Knicks want uh, at this point and who shows out and. Training camp, preseason, we'll see what happens. Okay, but okay. Lucas. So who's your rookie? Who's your rookie? Who's, who's your rookie of the year? Who's your? Oh, who's, oh we're going with me. Gonna we're, we're, we're going to yeah. meet. Who's going to show up? I think it's going to yeah. be Deuce McBride, man. I think it's. Okay. E- I think it's easily going to be Deuce McBride. I, okay. I see. We're and this is how I look at it. We have point guards and Derrick Rose and Kemba Walker, injury prone. They're going to miss some time. I think we're going to get what the people wanted all last season, which is for Emmanuel quickly to play some point guard minutes and to start. I, I can see that happening this season. If that then happens, we then have to bring someone on. I say we like I'm part of the team. Uh, <laughs> we are out. <laughs> we are part of the team at this point. Just pay us, damn it. Uh, <laughs> I then see Deuce getting that opportunity to run with the second unit. Um, I don't see him gain the opportunity to run with Rose and quickly just because quickly is an undersized guard mm-hmm. and I can't see us having three undersized guards. Cause Derek Rose is six, three, six, four. I think he's six, three. I'm going to throw six, three out there. I can't see a six, three, six, three and a six, one guy on the court as your backcourt and someone at the wing. That's just, I just, I just, I cannot fathom that, especially with when IQ doesn't have a layup package yet. Um, so I see, so just getting back on point. If Emmanuel quickly has to go into the starting roster and then Deuce McBride comes up, I think we're going to get to see some really good defensive minutes and some good spurts of offense out of him. I think what we saw during Summer League, it's Summer League. I think he was ready for Summer League. 
I think he's more mature and more grown than most of the guys that he had to face in summer league. Not by age, but just by mentality, being prepared, defensive tenacity. That's what he came in as. We know he shot 41% in college, so we know he can shoot. We know he is still raw in the sense of his talent because he played quarterback, right, back in high school. And he kind of made that decision late to go from football to basketball. And we're seeing his athleticism really shine over his true basketball was, I guess, not even IQ, but just basketball skill set. So I think that's going to come with time. So that's why I don't think what we saw in summer league is necessarily going to easily translate to the actual NBA game when he has to go against seasoned veterans on second on second units. But like I said, I see his defense really shining and getting that spurt offense, whether he can get to his spot in the mid range game, hitting some open threes when he gets those looks. He really knows how to push the pace in transition. Just finding if he can find Obi Toppin in transition and get like those outlet passes, like he was able to do, or just find guys in the pick and roll. I think he'll easily win not only the crowd over, but the coaches over with his style of play, and then earn some more minutes. I would obviously there's Quentin Grimes, and my thing for Quentin Grimes is that unless he comes in being a lethal three point shooter off the bench and just playing like elite defense, which I think is just a tall order for a rookie. I think defense, not necessarily to be elite, but it can be good. But I think to ask to, for him to come in, hit NBA range three-point shots at, at on like a high clip, I think that's just a tall ask for him, especially since we didn't really see him. Like he's good at like he has decent handle. We saw that he can push and make plays, but I don't see enough of that skill set to say, all right, dude, you get – 10, 15 minutes, go make something for us where I can see, I can kind of see that happening more so for Deuce. And then for Jericho Sims, I just don't see Jericho Sims unless there's like a break glass in case of emergency, like Mitch Noel going out. Do I see that happen? I don't really see that happening. But if that does happen, that's where I see Jericho Sims being able to come in and then kind of earn some like credibility because he can give you room protection, solid rebounder. I think he's also still a little bit raw. But I don't, I don't see Jericho. I see him more hanging out in Westchester. So for me, I got Deuce McBride being the rookie of the year. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with your sentiment, right? That I, I think that McBride is actually going to get the most minutes on the court due to our age and injury history at point guard. However, I just don't want that to happen. Yeah. Right? But I'm going to go with the same sentiment for Sims. Right, so Sims is the same way. Like, I don't want him to get in the game, but if Mitch goes down, like you know his history says, or he gets traded if we don't extend him by the first day of the season, if you know Taj Gibson acts his age, if Noel you know stays injured, as if honestly he's been doing his whole career. I mean, there's history behind these guys to not you know play full season, just take games off. You know what I mean, and not for pleasure, but for injury. Um, and so. I hope that maybe Brian Sims actually don't get a chance, right? But from your perspective, I do think Sims is going to get the most actual basketball playing time due really? to just due to Westchester and like due to, you know, with the Knicks, like just combined with those, I think we're going to watch him the most. I don't think okay. McBride's actually going to play a lot because I do think Kemba and Rose and quickly are going to be, you know, the ones on the court most of the time. Okay. I think Grimes could sneak in there. Like you said, but I don't think he's going to get, uh, respect and time if he do, if he's not this crazy lights out shooter and could like you know hold his own on defense for those you know little minutes that Tibbs plays because yo Tibbs doesn't play rookies 
You know what I mean? And IQ and Obi just happened to be there last year when really the roster was depleted with injuries. You know what I mean? So again, I don't want to assume injuries. So if we're not assuming injuries, I think Grimes is going to have the biggest chance first. You know what I mean? Like, like off the bench, like, hey, man, you're our top pick. Your position is the, our biggest need. So let's see what you can do. But from like just rookie of the year award kind of for like New York Knicks fans, I'm going to go Jericho Sims, dude. I think he's going to give us the craziest highlights Wow! in, in Westchester. I think he's going to – I think he's actually – dude, like coming from our center luck, we have a better chance of like filling in a guard with like RJ Barrett or something running the point guard if everyone's injured rather than bringing McBride on than our centers all being injured and having Sims like step in there. Think about it. Like Mitch is always hurt. Taj is a thousand. You know, I love him, but he's a thousand. And, and, Noel, and, and Noel is always injured, man. So I mean, I'm, I'm, my, if you want me to guess, I would say Sims. Uh, just because I, I think, I think he's going to make, you know, thunder and lightning in Westchester. I, I honestly, honestly do. I love how you just say, I want to touch on two things. One, I love how you say older players. There's like a thousand. Like you just throw out the Dude, year. How like, old yeah, is Taj Gibson? <laughs> is he the oldest player in the NBA? Literally? Dude, that is hurtful, man. He's 36 years old. <laughs> All right, man. He's not Tom Brady, but My I don't know. God. I don't tell you. Is he the oldest in the league? What's, what's the age? Who's the oldest in the league? He's got to be top 10. No, was it? Isn't uh, Udonis Haslam probably the oldest? Oh, the yeah. He did, he did get a college contract. That's right. That's right. How old is Udonis Haslam? <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, he's been in the league since I was an infant. There we go. Udonis Haslam was 41 years old. Get, get out of here with Todd Gibson being 1,000. And Todd's 1,000. This guy's 3,000 years old. He's the oldest LeBron, man. <laughs> yeah. Iggy's, only, only Iggy and J.J. Redick are older. Probably Melo. Yeah. Melo's older than LeBron. I know that. Um, I'm saying that th- those. I mean, those guys. Those are like all like around Taj Gibson. Man, he's come on. He's been he's been around for a while. Man, he, he was he was a veteran when D Rose on Chicago. You're hurting me, bro. You're hurting, <laughs> anyway, I'm 32 I love, years I love old. Taj Gibson. You're, you're hurting me. I'm, thir- I'm not too. I'm 32. You're hurting me, bro. Yeah, come but on. we're not expecting you to play 82 basketball games. Well, God and be productive damn. and guard and guard like real centers. You're gonna guard Joel Embiid? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're out of breath chasing your cat around the house, bro. Ouch! <laughs> Jeez. Now we're getting out. Now we're touching sensitive. Topics. My God. But getting back to your game, back to your getting back to the Jericho Sims portion. Like I can, you know, I guess I just, I see him with the, I agree that he's going to get probably the most basketball playing time between the Knicks and Westchester, especially in Westchester because he's got the two way contract. So yes, from like a, a, a totality of a playing standpoint, 100% agree that Jericho Sims is going to get most of the play. Getting So do you also think that he get more t- more playing time on the Knicks than Quentin Grimes and Deuce McBride? I just want to clarify that. Well, no, no. If there's no injury, I think Grimes is going to get the first chance. Please excuse okay. the ice cream truck in the back if you could hear. No doubt. Can you give me some ice cream while you get a chance? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I, I think that Quentin Grimes is going to get the most actual opportunity to play. If, it, if it's not for injuries, if there's no injuries involved, he's going to get the most chance to play. If there's injuries involved, I just ha- I just have a feeling that all things considered, they would be able to plug in the point guard with a guard, another guard bringing up the ball rather than McBride. But they're not going to be able to plug in another center if the if, you know if our big guys are out. They're going to have to plug in Sims. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. just how I that's just how I how I was just you know maneuvering it. 
No, no, no. Okay. I get you then. I get you. I get you. No, that makes sense. All right. So you're going to go with Jericho Sims. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Deuce McBride. And all right. So that settles off the rookies. So we got coach of the year out of the way. We got the rookie of the year out of the way. Let's move on to our, my favorite. Actually, I think it's really one of my favorite awards. The six man of the year award. Mm-hmm. I like the six man of the year award. The Jamal Crawford award. The Jamal Crawford award, the <laughs> Lou Williams award. They both won it three times each. Yeah. It might as well just be co-named <laughs> after those guys at this point. Forget Havlicek. Uh, <laughs> but I think so. It's my favorite award because I, I don't think the bench gets enough credit for how much it takes when a player has to come in and then hold it down until the stars get enough rest and come back in and to be the to be the leader of this of the second unit to be the go to guy. It's so important to keep that continuity throughout the game, and that's what's so great about watching the Knicks is that our second unit was beastly and was led by Derrick Rose, who was in the top three consideration, right? So some guys that I listed off here uh, just for Six Man of the Year award, we got Derrick Rose. I put Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, Alec Burks, just because these are the guy. These are the bench guys that uh, we know from last season. And if we want to, if we want to put the hypothetical that Mitchell Robinson will be back healthy and starting this season, we can throw Nerlens Noel and even Taj Gibson in this race as well. Yep, yep. So, who do you think? Going back to you, because I answered the the rookie of the year. Who do you think is going to win six? Who would be the six man of the year on our team? I'm going to surprise you and go with Obi. Wow, you I are did. really surprising me. That yeah, is. I think I think he's going to have to. I think we're actually going to go as far as he could take us because we're so depleted at power forward, man. We have nobody there. You know what I'm trying to say? And when Randall, if we're all agreeing that Randall's going to regress in some fashion, like he's not going to be the you know the player that he was last year, then we're then Obi's going to have to step in and kind of even that out. You know what I mean? And last mm-hmm. year, Julius stood up, you know, was there to stand up for his rookies, was able to, you know, you know, to nobody had said a word except for Knicks fans about Obi Toppin. You know what I'm saying? Nobody. Uh, except for the first playoff game. I think that, and, and I think people started. Kind of, and, and then, <laughs> but then, but then, but then he played well for the rest of the playoffs. And people were like, oh, look, Obi's, you know, Obi's okay. Like nobody was really paying attention to him. And that's because everyone was just yelling about Randall. You know what I mean? And then IQ is doing his thing. So he kind of just like, he just kind of went under the radar. So I really do think that, man, Obi Toppin really gives me Amari Sotomayor vibes. And I, I, I really do think he could, he's going to start formulating into that player, especially if we have Kemba and D Rose, you know, remember D Rose took IQ and Obi under his wing last year. So I, I think D Rose's role is going to be diminished because of Kemba. So I, that's why I'll kind of take him out of the running. I think IQ, killed it last year i hope he does well i just you know kind of second year sophomore slump he's not gonna really get the ball that much if you know again i'm just gonna assume that they're not injured alec burks again i hope he's able to have a balanced season you know just off these guys you mentioned nerland's noel could possibly be our number one guy here because if mitchell robinson is not there you know noel if noel wasn't there last year we would have won like 20 games no joke i'm not I'm no, no, you're 100% right. <laughs> no, you're, you know, you're 100%, yeah. you're 100% right. He was, Noah Noel anchored our defense. Like, sure, he doesn't have the greatest hands on offense. He's not a solid, like, rebounder. He's actually, no, I take that back. He's a decent to solid rebounder. He's not a great rebounder. He's not a good to great rebounder. He's a, he's a decent rebounder. Um, by every 100%. Noah Noel locked it down for us all last season. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, that's it. So if there's if there's injuries, you know, obviously it's going to depend. But if they're let's say everybody's injured, 
I would say that Nerlens Noel is going to be our number one guy out of you know out of all those players. If nobody's injured, yeah, like the the scoring off the bench is huge. I like can D Rose and IQ, I get it. But honestly, if nobody's injured, like Obi Toppin is going to be awesome. Like if he's running pick and rolls with D Rose or IQ off the off the bench, like he's going to be rocking and rolling. You know what I mean? And that, that's mm-hmm. going to be really awesome to watch. So that that would be really really cool if we get to see like the development of Obi right in front of our eyes. That would be beautiful, man. I think for me, the hesitancy with Obi is where is he going to get these minutes, right? I think I think I can walk in a guaranteed 15 minutes for Obi Toppin. I think 15 minutes is kind of – I think I can walk that in. But what we really need from Obi is like the 18 to 20 range. And I think mm-hmm. that's where it starts to get trickier because we know Tibbs is going to run the living daylights out of Julius Randle. He, paid, he plays his best players and he gives him mo- the most minutes. Mm-hmm. And Julius Randle was one of the top – three players. I'm pretty sure he was number one in most minutes played last season, and he played 71 out of 72 games. Yeah, him and RJ don't leave the court. They don't. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they legitimately don't. So that's my hesitancy with Obi getting the six-man-of-the-year award because, in my opinion, you're when you're six-man-of-the-year, you're getting some substantial minutes. You're getting like 20 to 20-plus 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Fair. the only way I could see that is – a player who's going to help either guide the offense or be that true scoring option that we need. And I just don't see Obi being that for us Mm -hmm. because Julius Randle's here. So my pick is actually going to change. I'm actually going to surprise you with this. And I'm going to say Emmanuel quickly. Okay. And my reason is because I don't, I'm not sure on Derek Rose repeating what he did last season, Mm -hmm. another year older, I think he's still going to be that savvy veteran that can get to his spots. He can attack the he can attack the hoop. He'll get you that the ten to eleven drives per game and put pressure on the defense and then dish it out to somebody else on the wing or somewhere else on the perimeter or find someone in the pick and roll. I can see him doing that. I don't know if we're going to get the fifteen points out of him, the forty one percent, forty two percent from behind the arc, even though it's on low volume, like one and a half to two shot attempts from behind the arc for three. I still think that we're going to get a productive D Rose, just not that level. If he can, if he can maintain that, then I'm giving I'm giving the award to Derrick Rose again. If he can maintain that, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with Emmanuel quickly because I know he was inconsistent last season with shooting. I think we're getting ready to see a leap, not a massive leap, but a leap from Emmanuel quickly in what we need him to be, which is another another ball handler, not necessarily the primary ball handler. But another ball handler who can bring the ball up, do do some playmaking, not a lot, just some, and really just help spread the floor and be that consistent shooter that we need. And whether that's just shooting from three, which is his specialty, whether that's getting to the line and knocking down free throws, or even his floaters and figuring out how to finish around the rim and just incorporating some mid-range game. I was I was I was not int- not the words not intrigued, but I was I was not even impressed. I was encouraged. There we go. I was encouraged from what I saw in summer. And the way he was able to command the offense, just kind of bring the ball up court, looking for guys, trying to set them up. I see that next step coming here. He didn't look super fluent like he's like that point guard that everyone's clamoring for. But I definitely see something, and I think we're going to be a little surprised what we get from him this season. I think he's going to give us some more consistent scoring, even though it wasn't necessarily all there during summer league. But I think that we're, we're going to get that from him because he did end it on a strong note and he did show flash some playmaking and some good guard play. 
So I'm going to go with Emmanuel quickly for myself. I, I would, I would, I would consider Alec Burks, but I think he's just, he's just way too inconsistent <laughs> and, and yeah. injury prone for me to give him. You have to be present. And at least for Emmanuel quickly, I know he missed time early in the season, but after that he was money. You know, he was going to, you know, he's going to be playing Derek Rose. You could say Derek Rose did miss some time. One was due to COVID, not really a serious injury. And then he also held it down in the playoffs. So he was, right. he's just that guy. So I'm going to go with a man quickly though, as my guy. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I would like to see that, but I'm kind of going to bleed IQ into the next award, which is the most improved player award. Okay. And as, as uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, there's two, there's two schools of thought here, right? Like is the most improved player going to have to be the injured guy? Cause then I think we're both going to go with Mitchell Robinson. I think he has to be the most improved player on the Knicks in order for us to be this great team that we're talking about. Because then our, the whole, the whole dynamic of the team changes. If you have Mitch Robinson, that's how yes. we're changing. That's how we're going to get better on defense. That's how we'll maintain it. That's how we'll change the pace, you know, with outlet passes, you know, with blocks, with transition play, you know, that's, that's, that's going to come with Mitch Robinson. So I think we could both, you know, kind of just like shove that to the side because I think he needs to be our most improved player. I agree with you 100%. If we're talking about most improved, like the player that needs to win it to really make us a team, you are 100%, you're 100% right. And I didn't even have his name down and shame on me, but you were 100% right in that thought. But continue. Yeah. So, but in, in, in terms of who I think is going to be the most improved player, besides Obi, obviously, because I think he's going to be the sixth man, I do think that's going to be Manuel quickly because as good as he was from the free throw line in the beginning of the season, as good as he was from three, after he went down from injury, he really plateaued. That was one of those things where something's wrong. He's thinking it up. He's probably just going to sit down. You know, he, he can't take the full season. There's going to be an injury somewhere. It, you know, it was totally that vibe. And he regressed when he came back, too. He wasn't that guy in the playoffs. He could, you know, we couldn't keep him in on defense. You know, it, it's one thing to say, D-Rose, you're tired, you're hurt. You know, you're up there in age. We don't need you to go out there for the defensive play against Trey Young. It's another thing to tell that to your rookie. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you're sorry. We, you know, you're good to play, but we're going to have to sub you out. You can't play defense. So I'm hoping that IQ can be that guy to, like, play defense. So he doesn't have to come out as a defensive sub. You know what I mean? Kind of like Glaber Torres, you know, for the Yankees. He's, having, he's tough on defense. He, then Aaron Boone came out. He's like, yo, we don't want to take him out on defense. Like, we want to have him be that guy. So I'm hoping IQ is that guy. I'm hoping he's able to keep his free throws up. He was like, what, shooting 92, 94% in the beginning of the year, something insane, and that dropped dramatically. You know, he, he was killing it with a three-point percentage. That also dropped dramatically. You know, he's limited to three-pointer or floaters. You know, I'm hoping he, like you said earlier, works on that mid-range. So who I who needs to be the most improved player? Mitch Robinson, who I think will be the most improved player. I think that's Obi. But who I really want to be the most improved player and would like really make a difference for us, man. Would be IQ. Like if I if IQ like phases out D Rose, man, that would be amazing. You know what I mean? Like if D Rose is just like some extra guy, and then like IQ is really that second point. That would be amazing. And I think D Rose would love that. You know, he got he got his money. He, he he talks about how IQ and Obi are under his wing. I'm sure that means McBride and Grimes and Sims are going to be under his wing as well. So like it's really cool. I'm sure. Rose loves being the veteran. You know what I mean? He just likes to shut up and go play his video games after he doesn't watch NBA basketball. He only cares about the Knicks. So, like, he's totally that, you know, uncle vibe. So, uh, I don't know. I love it. You're Dude. really attacking me today. My God. <laughs> what? What's going on? Hey, man, I like to play my video games too and be that guy. In the- Come on, man. Dude, no, you watch no. NBA basketball. 
Do you feel like, like D Rose literally came out and said he literally does not watch any other games? I know. No, I'm, it's I'm crazy. Just, yeah. I'm so I, that that really weirded me out. And 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 then he also talked about how he loved Tibbs and the Knicks and basketball still. So like it just weirded me out how you could have like that sort of like line. You know what I mean? Like I love the Knicks. I love Tibbs. I love basketball. But like I don't want anything to do with it after I leave work. Uh, which I thought was super interesting because like there's objectively elite basketball in this thing that you love, you know, with your peers and you yeah. just have no interest. So I, I thought that was so interesting that like he's still uh, willing to give up his body for something that he, you know, only loves during work hours. <laughs> hey, man. That, yeah. I mean, uh, we're not going to go too full. I, I could die. Yeah. I, mean, just, I, I just think but. I just think it was curious. I just thought it was like really interesting, you know. Yeah, no, I think I think it makes sense though. Like I think he's at that career where he knows that look, he missed that he it's not that he missed it. He didn't have that opportunity to really build on that career because of his injuries to really just dive deep into it. And he said it himself. He knows that he doesn't have that much longer in the NBA because those tires are worn, man. Yeah. It's he's on. So for him he's like, "Look, I'm I can't push it. I have to legitimately just do my work hours to not kill my body." I think that's what he's thinking. Like I cannot literally kill my body and when I'm home, I want to be with my family. I want to relax. You know, I think he's getting he's getting close to that point of retirement, man. So for him, this is it's he just wants to focus in on this. And I think it's at that point. I think if he was healthy for his mid twenties, I think that's where you're going all out, right? I think and that's where you see someone in their prime. That's where you start seeing guys like Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, guys who just legit and it's so, so, like side note, we have a tr- team truly of like Ball is life. Like Emmanuel Quickie, Obi Toppin, Julius Randle, yeah. RJ Barrett. These guys Amazing. are all about basketball. Yeah, is yeah. Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes. Like people are like, what, 90% of the NBA practices? It's like, no, 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 no. There's practicing and, and then there's just ball is life, man. Like there's legitimately like well, two different. Yeah, well, two yeah, different well, we have, we have McBride doesn't take off his jersey for food or, you know, for dancing in his bathroom as uh, Crispy <laughs> loves to show us. And then, um, or like Julius Randle, who, gets off the bus or the airplane on the road and has to go play basketball, which, you know, bleeds onto the team. You have, you have to be down for that. You, yeah, for you, sure. If the and captain is doing that. You have to be down. So like that. So it's bleeding into everyone. But who, who, do you, who, who do you think, who do you think is going to be most improved uh, on the Knicks this year? So because the other two categories, uh, because the, not the other two categories, but the other three remaining categories, I can't put this player there. I'm going to go with RJ Barrett as the most improved. I think what we're going to get from year three, RJ Barrett, as our, as our, <laughs> as our guy, David Zenon likes to say, watch out for year three, RJ. <laughs> I legitimately am bought into watching out for year three, RJ. He looks bigger. Oh, yeah. He looks stronger. When you watch the Drew Hanlon highlight tapes, the dude shooting off the dribble, it's not perfect, but he's doing that. He is aggressive. He looks, his shot looks a little bit more fluid and crisper. Like, you know I am the bar excited. Now? He can go to the bar now. He can drink. He can have a drink. He's probably not. He's probably just playing basketball. He's grabbing his girl's butt out on, uh, on an on IG. IG. He's doing all these. Yeah, man, he's, he's a grown-ass man at this point. Woof. Dude, dude's Pink living suits. life. <laughs> Diamond earrings are just killing it out here. He just needs the hoop earrings like MJ, and I just like, all right, we're, we're set here. Uh, um, he's got the diamonds, bro. He's killing it out there, the diamonds. Yeah, yeah. Nah, facts, facts, facts. <laughs> but I think it's going to be R.J. Barrett. From what we see, I look, he already took that jump three-point percentage, going from 32% to 40 41% this past season. You know, his mid-range game, not really there. Finishing around the rim, not really there, although he's very 
good at getting to the rim, drawing contact, and getting to the line. He increased his free throw percentage to 72%. We saw those areas increase, you know, and Drew Hanlon likes to preach, and so does Johnny Bryant, by the way, where you got to focus on improving your strengths, but then choosing things to add on, like not everything, but you want to focus on key areas of what you want to improve to your game. And we know Drew Hanlon said off the dribble shooting was key for RJ Barrett. If he can shoot off the dribble and we saw like through the runs, I'm not, I'm not buying into the runs like 100% to the fact that, okay, he's okay. He's set to go, but it's encouraging. It's encouraging to see these guys work out and say, all right, I can kind of get an idea what you've been doing and what to expect certain players, not Mitchell Robinson shooting threes, but <laughs> you know, the guys who are training, who you want to see open run with, with trainers out that are just known. So I'm encouraged by what I see from RJ. We already saw what he did in year two, taking that leap. He averaged close to 18 points a game. I think it was like 17.2 points per game last season. If he can get to 19 and 20, I think he can get to 20, dude. I really think he can get to 20 points per game this season. I, I mean, really think he can. You just got to keep up that corner three percentage, keep that up. And, I, dude, he's, he gives me such Jimmy Butler vibes. Yeah, man. Like, keep, keep run, he's going to keep running to the rim. I think he's going to improve on defense. And he's been working on that Rip Hamilton off the off the dribble, uh, off ball, catch and shoot. He hasn't been hitting them. He's been kind of frustrating to watch. But if he yeah. starts hitting them, like you said, like because he improved on them, it's going to change the game. And we watch every Knicks game, man. And we watch other NBA games, but especially with the Knicks games, like there's like two or three shots that are just terrible offensive possessions that happen, whether it's the third quarter that flips the momentum completely, you know, whether that's early in the game that just shifts everything off. And if RJ could like pick up on those times, you know, when we're so stagnant in the, in the first quarter, when we're so stagnant coming out in the second half, when we're, when the defense is tight clamped in the fourth quarter, like if you could just hop up off a screen and pull up and just bang that shot in the mid range or the three, I mean, it's going to change everything. It's good because, because all we do is just give it to Brandle and watch, you know, what yeah, I mean? and because RJ can't do it. And that's what I'm talking. I think he's going to take that step where he can be that Robin. Right. That'd be awesome. Julius is the Batman. We already know what we're going to get out of Julius. I think RJ can be that Robin. And I think he's going to show us this upcoming season. And if he's able to do that in year two with three point and free throw percentage, I can't wait to see what the technical aspect is because he works hard. You see it. You see he has that desire. You see how he gets snubbed and he wants to come back and show everybody. And we can go on this whole tangent on how they want to downplay RJ Barrett because he is a Nick because I think they, they do like to do that. But I got I got my money on RJ Barrett. I think he's going to really show out this season. He's going to really show out. All right, let's go on to the next the next two and finish with uh, the the MVP. So we got sleeper. Who do you think is going to be the sleeper on this team, my man? man so the, by, sleeper, by, the sleeper and by, the most improved. Uh, 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 I feel like I I still want to go Obi. Uh, <laughs> not, but I, I don't know. If, I I know you don't want me to repeat, but I do think that Obi is a sleeper because I I don't think anyone is really. You, Okay. Mention, mentioning him, but you know what? You know, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with Mitch Robinson. I'm gonna go with Mitch Robinson as my sleeper. Like I, I think he's gonna come back and be a center in the NBA. Both freak injuries. He was improving everywhere on the field. Like nothing here is like catastrophic. Where I'm like, oh my goodness, he tore his whatever. I don't know if he's gonna come back. I don't know if he could jump. He broke his. You know, it's all good. He hurt his wrist and he hurt his foot, and he's been back from both of those. Like he's all good. So. I'm not I'm not worried about his injury history as of yet. I'm I'm still holding out hope. 
But, you know, Sleeper, I think it's going to be Mitch. I don't think that anyone really understands how Mitch Robinson can change the dynamic of this team if he just plays like Dallas Mavericks, Tyson Chandler, which really wasn't that amazing. Like that guy, all he did was like tip off the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he wasn't yeah. like, he, like he, he, he played defense, of course, and he was, you know, he's communicated, but like he mm-hmm. wasn't like Shaq. You know what I mean? Like he just, right. if, if he could just stand there and play his defense, put his hands up, not get into foul trouble. You can get into foul trouble occasionally. You know, I'm not asking the, I'm not asking him to be perfect because we do have some depth. But if he could just really hold down that team, he could really change the game on transition, man. I, I think he's, I think he's very underrated. Okay. All right. I like that pick. I, that make that's encouraging for me. I'm going to go Evan Fournier though as my sleeper. Okay. Okay. I think, and I'm going Evan Fournier because I, when he was first signed, especially because of the contract, they saw like the seventy some odd million four years without knowing about the team option. People were like Evan Fournier. He was on the magic. Didn't do much. He was given too much responsibilities as my guy, Chip Murphy, as our guy should say, our guy, Chip Murphy always likes to say Evan Fournier was given too much, especially in the playmaking ability when it comes down to the closing stretch of a fourth quarter game, fourth quarter of the game. So I think we're about to be quite impressed what Evan Fournier can do when he's not the first or second option of a team. Cause that's what he was down in the, in Orlando, he was a second option. Um, whether it was Vooch and, and then him, or him and then Vooch, he was Terrence Ross he, when he's playing the Knicks. Yeah, Terrence. Ter- <laughs> Terrence Ross is always one A whenever he's playing the Knicks. Um, I'm Fournier, bro. Evan Fournier was a one B. Yeah. <laughs> kill us, dude. Uh, but I think it's going to be Evan Fournier. I think people don't know his game that well because to keep it a buck, who's really watching Orlando Magic games except for our boy Chip Murphy. And then on <laughs> and top me, of that, and me watching Alfred Payne magic and, games. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ta- I'm talking about re- still to this day. I, you're not doing I that. Uh, I was watching Vooch games. I, I, I really hopped off once Vooch left, to be honest. Um, this but now you're going to be on the RJ Hampton train. No, oh, man. I, I think I want to watch more Bulls than I want to watch Magic this year on the League Pass, to be honest with you. All right. No, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go in for you. I don't think people really know what he can do. I don't think people understand the playmaker he can be in those spurt minutes. And I don't think everyone truly understands this dynamic score that we have in him just from catch and, sh- catch and shoot, driving to the lane and all that aspect. So for him, he's going to be my, my sleeper. All right. The sad category, <laughs> uh, the bust category. Uh, who are you? Should I just go first? I'll go. This is first. really easy for me. This is really easy. So I, we have to have the same guy here. Uh, is it Kevin Knox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, I'm out, sorry. shout out to Lee Valentin. Shout out, shout out to our guy Lee Valentin. <laughs> uh, his uh, perennial son, Kevin Knox. Uh, I just, I'm sorry. Like, I have nothing against Kevin Knox. I think he's a good dude. He's been here. This will be his fourth year. I think it's going to be really tough for him to break a Tibbs rotation. We saw the videos of him do rag Kev, putting up some shots. And here's where I start to break the nuance in like videos. If I'm not seeing something that's different from your game, like RJ, I'm starting to see catch and shoot. That's where I get encouraged, mm-hmm. right? And knowing like the personality, of, like putting in the work, it's all these things, these factors coming. I know Kevin Knox puts in the work. I know he's a hard worker. I know he likes to add to his game, but it's really the same stuff that I'm seeing. I'm seeing him pull up from three, doing the same stuff that he has been doing. And it's not really encouraging to me. Like I, I would want to see more. Yeah. Uh, I just, so for Kevin Knox, I don't see it. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's in a trade package this season, move somewhere else. If he plays out his contract, which also is in the realm of possibility, they did that with Frank Nilakino last season too. I wouldn't be surprised with that either. I just don't see Kevin Knox 
breaking this 10-man rotation that we already have. And I like the prospects that we have. because he all, And he also plays the same position as Obi, right? He's he's really a stretch four um, based on his size. I know with his – he can play the three, but we have Alec Burks there. And then we're also talking about R.J. Barrett, who's our small forward. So I don't see him passing those two guys. And I don't see him passing Obi Toppin or Julius Randle. So I think those positions are on lock. And if we're going to see anyone else come up, it's going to be Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, because let's keep it real. Even though we have, uh, I, know, I know, I think Grimes, I think Grimes is the biggest potential bust. Yeah. To be honest with you, because um, we have expectations. There's really no expectations yeah. for Kevin Knox. So yeah. like, it's hard to say bust. Like, that's really he, who's going to be the worst player. <laughs> I think it's going to be Kevin yeah. Knox. Like the the bust. I, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I maybe Grimes because like he was our first pick, and I think he's not going to be. The, and this is for this season. Not, gonna, not we're not talking. We're, we're talking yeah, about this season. This, we're this, not talking I, about overall. Just this, this season, season. Just this season. And I don't think. Especially Knicks fans might be a little spoiled because our first round, you know, our picks last year did phenomenal, and I just don't think Grimes is going to do that. So I, I you know, I'll, I'll change it up. I'll go, I'll go Grimes just on that. Okay, based on that principle. Okay, that's fine, and I think that's that's fair too. I don't think he's going to necessarily. I think summer league was kind of it's not a disappointment, but it was kind of, it, it was rough for him. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised that if we're talking about busts, and th- once again, this is not saying he's going to be a terrible player. We're just talking about this season that. The expectations, like people are already out there calling him like the shot of like Alan Houston. Let's <laughs> relax. What's <laughs> like it looks good. I get the similarities. We're not. It's not. We don't have Alan Houston yet coming off that bench. So you're gonna go Quentin Grimes. I'm gonna go Kevin Knox. Let's end it on this most valuable player. I think it's the same guy that I will have, <laughs> and it has to be none other than Julius Randle. Yeah, he because has to be come on, man. He has he has, he has to be it, to keep this team going. He has to be. It's no one else. Dude was the rock from last season. Dude was just doing everything that we needed, whether it was in the post, from behind the arc, the mid-range, especially the baseline uh, jumper fadeaway that he loves from the from the right corner. Dude was holding it down, as I mentioned earlier, on defense with the stats, especially in isolation. So he's the MVP, man. There's no – our second all-NBA teamer, man. Like I don't see how it can be anyone else on this team, and he makes this team go. I still expect him to be – I still expect this team to run through him. Julius Randle's the MVP. Has to be MVP Randle, but I'll take MVP Kemba. Right, a little, right. A little, a little magic, a little coming home magic. It's really just like if he, quote unquote, MVP man. If he could like get like two game winners, you know what I mean, or like we could depend on him to you know get the ball in transition and in, in crunch time. Like that's gonna be MVP right there because that's what we're missing. You know what I mean? That Randle couldn't provide. So even though Randall might have the best points, like if, if Kemba could be our closer, if he could really be our closer, he would he would be our MVP because it's what he's missing. If he could push pace, be the closer, he's really what we've been looking for. So he could really be the MVP on such a such a cool signing because it comes from Tibbs and the culture and the team. You know what I mean? So that would really be awesome if Kemba was able to come in and plug our, our holes. All right, all right, all right, all right. I like it. I like it. All right. So you got Kemba. I got Randall. Let me just run it one more time for everyone going down the list. Coach of the year. Uh, will, Tom, will Tom Thibodeau really expect keep up with the same expectations? I went no. I think, John, you went yes, correct. You mm-hmm. the expectations. Rookie of the year. I went Deuce McBride. You went Jericho Sims. Sixth man of the year, you went Obi Toppin. I went Emmanuel quickly. Most improved player of the year, you want to go Obi Toppin. You 
hope that it's Mitchell Robinson, <laughs> but you believe this is where it will be Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. I'm going to go RJ Barrett, as I said with that one. For the sleeper, you said Mitchell Robinson, um, even though you think it could be Obi again. Uh, but And then I went Evan Fournier. Shout out to Holito. Facts, man. Facts, facts, <laughs> facts. And then for Bust, I went Kevin Knox. You went Quentin Grimes once again. I feel like we have to make the clarification because everyone's going to try to like hot mic this thing and just be like, oh, you said they said. That's not what we're saying. Once again, it's just for this season and the expectation of like, are they going to make that be in the 10-man rotation? Are they going to show us something? No. Most valuable player, both of us. Well, we both say Julius Randle, but you're going to go with Kemba Walker because you can see that home city magic. And that's what we got for our way too early season prediction awards. Now, John, let's wrap this thing up. Some quick topics. That's NBA league-wide. Ben Simmons, man. Ben Simmons. Simmons. He said he's not going to show up to training Mm -hmm. camp now. He wants to leave, and I bl- I don't blame this on. I don't. I, I, it's it's Daryl Moore. If you want to blame anybody for trying to train for James Harden, and like how I think, if you want to get one of the top five best players, you should be actually flattered that you're in trade talks yeah. for one of the top best players in the yeah. league. But that's just me. Uh, so Ben Simmons says he's not going to report to training camp, and he's really pushing wanting to get traded. And this is interesting, man, because he signed his extension. He still has years. I think he still has three to four years left on his extension. And it's a crazy contract. Crazy contract. Yeah. And this is where I f- feel like it makes sense for De'Aaron Fox because they both like know each other out with the money wise. But yeah, but dude, the I, Kings came out and said they're not getting rid of yeah. Fox. He's not going to be in any trade deals. Yeah, no. That and that as you said, uh, that was Sam Amick of the Athletic, who covers the NBA, said Kings are gonna hold out for a buddy healed Marvin Bagley trade, which I will laugh. I will be laughing from here to Timbuktu <laughs> if that trade actually goes down. It's not going to go down. So, John, do you think – I guess it's not even do you think that he gets traded. Where do you think he's going? I mean, I th- logically, logically, he should go to Houston. But I think that the Daryl Morey thing, you know, there's some animosity there. There's some, you know, there's some relations there. So I don't know how, I don't know how the feelings are up and down. I'm not going to pretend to. But it kind of goes with the other aspect, which we do know, Daryl Morey does not care. Like, he'll bring in Ben Simmons. He does not care about the locker room. He does not care about the chemistry there. And he'll he'll let that sit. So that's where it's kind of weird. From NBA standpoint, I think it would be really cool if he goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves to, to you know, go with Towns and Russell, if you could make that happen. And... With Anthony Edwards, like you can't trade any of those guys. So I don't know who else you would trade. You know, I don't know how you'd make that happen. So that's kind of weird to me. That doesn't make sense. I don't know how he'd get to the Cavs and he'd be, and you know, that'd be good lord. That'd be a weird, you know, dynamic, but I could see it kind of. But again, I'm, uh, to reiterate from a couple of episodes ago, I think you should go to the Warriors, give them Wiseman, give them Wiggins. Give them some picks and just run. You, you it, know Dray, Draymond's in that deal, bro. There's no way you're keeping. He's replacing Draymond. If, if he no, you got to keep Draymond. You got to keep. You got to do Simmons, Draymond, Steph, Clay, and figure Good out the Lord. rest. Good Lord. Yeah, that's a dope lineup. That is a that's a crazy lineup. Yeah, I'll be a little I'll be a little upset. So that's a crazy shooters. lineup. Just put shooters there. It'd be good to go. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I do that, that. That's my favorite. And like Wiggins, he's got to get out of there. I, I, I don't think they like playing with him. I don't think they trust in Wiseman. So I think that's the next logical step. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Totally agree with you. Um, I, I just don't see him going to uh, – I just don't see him going to, like, the Warriors. I'm like, I, I guess I can because of the crazy trade package that they could offer. But I'm going to say – like, I still think it's going to – in my heart, in my heart, I think the Kings somehow do this dumb trade. Uh, and get Darren and put trade Darren Fox. I don't see Darren Fox wanting to be in Sacramento that long. I know the Kings don't want to trade him, but the player also makes a decision too in this league if they want to stay or if they want to go. Um, so that's my one opinion. Two, if I, I the Timberwolves thing, I, I, I'd expect D'Angelo Russell to be traded and then you get Ben Simmons and Cat out there with Anthony Edwards. Well, the problem is that Towns is boys with Russell. And they played like six games together, and like they want to run this thing. So like you're going to be making the the superstar unhappy, even though you're bringing in on paper a superstar is to he, line up with a superstar. Is, is he? Is unha- Would he be unhappy though? Like he hasn't won jack. Like that's he needs boy. to start winning. I know, but they True. didn't play. They didn't play together yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I that's just how I see it. Like they don't they don't care. Oh, what's the history? Like, no, dude, we were supposed to play together. He finally got here. Now you're going to trade him? I don't. I, I don't know. Like again, they have new ownership. They just want to make Towns happy. They just want to keep him here. They want him to make him, you know, the superstar of the franchise. They're going to ask him about every deal. So I don't know. Yeah, so you're you're going to go with uh, the Warriors being that team that gets him? I think it should be Houston. I think it should be John Wall right. and a bunch of picks for Ben Simmons. It just makes the most sense. Everybody's happy. Yeah, but no, I it, think it, it definitely makes sense. Okay. All right. He did say he wanted to go to a California team. It's a, That's the most interesting demand out this entire thing. I think the whole Ben Simmons thing is He's such a Kardashian, bro. He's such a Kardashian. He dates a Jenner, so... Yeah. He's such a Kardashian. <laughs> he, wants to go out to El- he wants to go out to Cali, be close to his boo and uh, the family. It's all good. We all know what it is. We all know what it is, Ben Simmons. It's okay. It's okay. But that's enough on Ben. Quick quick touch up on there. Uh, I guess for me, if you want to know, I like I said, in my heart, I think the Kings, because I think De'Aaron Fox will want to get out of there. I wouldn't be surprised with the Warriors. I honestly, if you're gonna really like talk to me, I think I think money talks in this. I think ownership talk says, "Hey, Cat, I, I know this is your boy, but we gotta win." So I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota said, "I don't really care that deal is your boy. We're gonna make this move here, and you're getting paid. You're kind of stuck with us. Like you don't even have it. Like you're a good player, but you don't even have a right to really say I demand out." At least Ben Simmons can say, "Hey, I went to the playoffs, man. Sure, first round is always good. Second round is always meh." But at least I went to the playoffs. Cat, you haven't even done that yet. So I don't think he has that much leverage in that area. The last thing I want to talk, touch on is, <laughs> did you see the hot topics from Paul Pierce in that Sports Illustrated article? All ESPN wants to do is talk about LeBron James, and people have done much worse than him. <laughs> so silly, man. I mean, the, the guy has been hating LeBron James for years, so he Max. probably hates all that. I mean, he was so bad with his gambling picks. It was honestly atrocious to watch. And, I mean, he obviously didn't care. He thought he could be, like, some super-duper personality that could just, like, show up and be, like, Charles Barkley and just, like, make stupid picks and, like, be, like, America's, like, guy. Dude, you just you are literally not that guy. So, I mean, the truth is you stink, bro. I mean, he's, 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 he's going to make it. I just like who 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 comes out there and like talks trash about their coworkers and the organization, blames it on everything. Oh, these guys do it worse, or he kind of, he kind of plays the what about isms, right? Like what about this? What about that? They want to talk yeah. about LeBron. Like all right, bro, it, 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 did it have anything to do with you? 
you know, posting, you know, what you were doing. Like, I'll, I'll say <laughs> this because there's true, there's stuff that I agree with in that statement and things I disagree. I, I, I recommend everyone reading the entire article because it is a really good article by Chris Mannix um, of Sports Illustrated. And I like the article. I think it's still, you still get to learn who Paul Pierce is and who yep. he is as a person and just very well written, like, especially from his stabbing uh, in Boston and then coming back and being that championship player and wanting to having that chip on his shoulder from warning from his draft day to win the championship to who he want, what he wants to do now and how he's still close with everyone, even making up ties with uh, Ray Allen. But when it comes to talking about ESPN, it's one thing to be honest on what ESPN does, where it's saying, look, all they want to do is talk about LeBron James and that's really it. And that's fine. I, I don't really care about that. I also agree with say, where he says that, you know, that people have done worse than what he did because he's not a married man. And I actually don't really care what he did and that he posted on IG Live. It was funny, but I don't really care what his outside life is. That's his personal business and he can do whatever the hell he wants as long as it's not affecting your day job. What I will disagree with is that he was not really good at his day job. And that's where it really <laughs> comes down to this. All right. His analysis was like, subpar. Yeah. I don't really agree with a lot. I think uh, like even his on-air personality, like he just looked like he didn't want to be there at times. Mm-hmm. He just was just doing it for the sake of doing it. And I think when it gets, when you get down to the bottom of it, if he was not necessarily saying like a good worker, but if, at least if he was like putting in the effort to just give you like a really good analysis, if he was giving that effort to like make some solid picks, I can at least respect it. Even if he's wrong, you know, we can laugh at Shaq all we want or Chuck for being wrong. But I know when I watch these guys, they're actually going all in with who they are as a personality, knowing the games and knowing like and giving like staying true to their takes and what their analysis. And I can respect that. With Paul Pierce, it was just kind of all over the place. So the fact that he just goes back and just slanders ESPN for the sake of saying all they want to do is cover LeBron James, guys have done worse. All this, yeah, that's that's true. Like I'm not going to disagree with that. But at the same time, were you the best who you were supposed to be while you were there? Just not a good look for your future employer, bro. No, it's not. So uh, it's, it's it was just interesting. I thought it was funny that he came out like and the T emojis started the front, like Kermit T emojis started coming around. And it's partially true. I like to, I'm, I'm trying to go down the middle of it. Look, and this is not, I don't like ESPN because they just slander the Knicks for, for fun and shits and giggles. But well, look, that's changing up, man. CAA, baby. CAA, man. Apparently. <laughs> That's another article for another day that we can talk about. But yeah, man, I think that covers it for uh, for everything else. There's anything else you, that you want to mention? Oh, there is one thing I did want to mention. There is one thing. Something about a Madden giveaway. Something about a Madden giveaway that I did say, that we did say was going to be talked on here. So let's discuss this Madden giveaway for all you addicts out there and who are wondering can can we get this if we have the the Xbox. Uh, Series X or the PS5. Yes, you can get this because this is the what version is? It? Is it the uh, elite version? What, what it's the MVP it? version. The MVP, the MVP version. version. The MVP version is the backwards compatible and can be upgraded to the game system. So you can actually use it for both systems: PS4, PS5, Xbox One, the Series X. So you can actually participate if you have either one of those consoles. Let's just get that clear. So the way that it's going to work is this. If you guys want to be in this competition for the Madden giveaway, this is what you got to do, guys. You got to go to our YouTube channel, this video that you're watching right now. If you are on the YouTube.com and watching this under the Nick Shets, et cetera, uh, channel, please make sure to subscribe, take a screenshot, 
of that saying, showing that you subscribe to this channel and subscribe, not subscribe, but follow us on either Facebook, Twitter, or IG, wherever you are. If you're a big Twitter person, follow us on Twitter, show us that you're following us, take a screenshot of that as well. Send an email with both of those things and the console that you, and the game console version that you want, whether it's Xbox or PlayStation, put that in the email and you can find the email on the Twitter handle, Facebook, IG. You can find the email over the place. You can even go to the link tree, press email, and it'll take you right there and send. You can write us a draft. It'll take you to the email drafts as well. So once again, to repeat, in order to be part of this Madden giveaway, you got to subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on either Facebook, IG, or Twitter. Show, take screenshots of both of those to show that you're following us on one of the social media platforms and that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Email it to us with the console game with, with the console that you have and you want the game for, and you'll be entered into the raffle to win the Madden giveaway. All right. Madden 22, 22 yeah. people. Come on now. Look, MVP football version. season, MVP version. Football season is right around us. You know, you want to go out and contest for this because guess what? Who doesn't want to chill early in the morning or the day before playing some Madden with their boys or, or the lady or the missus or whoever, <laughs> if she wants to get into that action too, we all know everyone. Look, video games are for everybody out there. Who knows what you want to do? All right. So sign up, get ready for the football season. You know, you want to get a little pregame action in the morning, face some guys online, talk trash, you know, have some touchdowns. Come on, man. Zach Wilson, choose the Jets. Zach Wilson, throw 10 TDs in the game. You don't want to make it happen. Make it happen. All right. So that's how you do the Madden giveaway. And John, is there anything else? Or are you anything else you want to add on to that? No, that's it, man. Just let's go Knicks and try to get that, try to get that MVP free Madden version come your way. You know what you got to do. Like, subscribe, send us an email, write us a review, do your thing. Yeah, absolutely. What John said, all right? And since that's the end of this podcast, you know I got to do the call to action, everybody. Nick's Jets, et cetera, fans, you know what it is. If you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and to leave a comment. Let us know what you think about the pod. Let us know what you want us to do to improve. We're all here for it. On top of that, if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, that's okay. You want to know why? Because we're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa. You name it, we are there. On top of that, if you're watching this on YouTube, you better hit that subscribe button, better hit the bell, and better give us a thumbs up because that's just the polite thing to do, okay? We're nice people. Come on, just support us. And last but not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We got our boy Ricey K who's going to come out with some TikTok videos for us because guess what? He's TikTok God, all right? <laughs> all right, everyone. That's another episode, Nick's episode of the Nick Jets, etc. podcast. We'll catch you later this week for a Jets episode because guess what, guys? NFL season's here. Jets yeah. is Sunday. We're here. Let's go next.